This is an All Ears English podcast episode 898, Four Steps to Natural English Pronunciation with Rachel. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 50 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection, with your American hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. And to get your transcripts delivered by email every week, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe. Today we have Rachel on the show and she'll take you through her four-step system to build your natural English pronunciation skills independently. Today we have a guest on the show. Our guest today is the founder of Rachel's English and has been teaching English as a foreign language online for 10 years. She studied with highly acclaimed vocal teachers and coaches and brings a detailed body of knowledge connected to the voice, placement, and the musical nature of speech to her work as a language teacher and a pronunciation coach. She's the owner of Rachel's English Academy, where she teaches more than 2,500 students online. Our guest today is Rachel Smith. So let's meet Rachel. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Rachel, welcome to All Ears English. I'm excited to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. I've seen your work online over the last couple of years. Some of our listeners have mentioned your work and they've asked to have you on the show. So you're here. So that's awesome. Yay. (laughs) Glad to have you to introduce you to the All Ears English audience. So Rachel, you told me that you are an opera singer. Is that right? And you used to be based in New York City? That's right. Okay, interesting. So I love talking to opera singers about pronunciation because I feel like you guys have some of the keys that English teachers might not necessarily have. So what is one thing about pronunciation and articulating with voice that our listeners can get kind of a secret about that from an opera singer? What would you say, Rachel? Um, I think opera singers are really good imitators. And I think that imitation is one of the keys to learning how to sound more American. Yeah, imitation. Okay. And as an opera singer, how did you is that how you kind of learned your 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 lines or your the songs you're gonna use by imitating sounds? It wasn't so much that as when I was working with a teacher who wanted me to change something, she might make a sound the way I was doing it and then show me in a a different way with her voice what I could try. And so then it was not so much about a sound uh, like a vowel, but a sound like what your body is creating and sort Mm -hmm. of playing with that and experimenting with that a lot and definitely using imitation to see, you know, where can you go with your voice? Okay. So it sounds like it's less of a technical exercise, more of like a bodily exercise, just kind of imitating and feeling the other person's voice and trying to mimic that. Is that right? 
Yes. And so often I try to get my students to work on something that's not so intellectual and is more body related. Yes. I love that. I feel like that's a key, right? I love that point. And I really want our listeners to hear this because I think a lot of our listeners might get stuck in their heads, but that's not where real pronunciation happens, right? It happens right. in our in our voice box, in our body, from our chest. Yeah. And when you're singing, so much of what your teacher is telling you deals with the imagination. Like I've definitely had a teacher say, you know, pretend there's a tree trunk growing up your body. And this is like a way to try to have you connect to your breath in a different way. But we're dealing with the diaphragm and something that moves involuntarily. So she was often using imagery and the imagination to bring changes into the body. I love that idea. I love that. So that's going to set the tone really nicely for our conversation today, guys. Pronunciation is not always something, it's not a mathematical equation. It's not something we can memorize in a textbook. It's something we have to experience. I love that, Rachel. So then with in line with that idea, Rachel, a lot of our listeners are listening to the podcast, but they listen from home, maybe on the way to work, and they need to know how to learn independently. They can't always go straight to a teacher. So I thought maybe you had some hints for us today on how we can do that. Maybe three or four hints on how to improve our pronunciation on our own. Definitely. And this is something that I've learned um, by watching my students on their journeys and realizing that things were happening that didn't involve me. Awesome. Let's go into it. So what would be your first tip then? Well, the tip one is I really do believe that adults do need a little bit of an intellectual foundation for some of the finer points of pronunciation. Okay. Uh, children don't. Children mm. can just imitate so accurately, but adults have um, some stronger habits. And then they also have a little bit more fear associated with doing something that feels different or sounding silly or stupid. Mm. So adults have a couple things to fight. So I do think that one of the steps that's necessary is to understand intellectually, what should my mouth be doing to make this sound? Or mm. um, that knowing that English is a stress-timed language, whereas yeah. other languages, every syllable is the same length. So understanding intellectually some of the things that make up American English. Okay. I love that idea, right? Because, you know, for kids, it's a different ball game. They have not, they haven't learned this adult way of thinking yet. So they are able to just kind of be immersed in sounds and imitate them. But, you know, in contrast to what we said earlier, this is kind of the other side of it. Right. As adults, we've learned a certain way of thinking through our learning, right? <laughs> a way Definitely. of using our mind when we learn something. So we do need to add that. So what percentage then of our, is there a way to break it down? Like, what percentage for adults is imitating, feeling a sound, being around a sound versus intellectualizing it and yeah. like understanding? Yeah. Well, time-wise, I would say it doesn't actually take very much time to understand something intellectually. I have a video on each of the sounds and they're all maybe around five minutes. So someone can watch that once and understand yeah. intellectually what's happening. But then in order to make that habit and to get that into their own body, that can take like weeks of dedicated practice. So Time-wise, I would say um, the amount of time you're spending experimenting with your body rather than learning something intellectual is much greater. Interesting. I, I think we might we might touch on this a little bit further along, but if not, I just want to ask, is there some point where the intellectual st side starts to be a handicap? Like at what point does the intellectual st side start to hold us back from really it, assuming that, that sound? Yeah, I think it holds people back when... Um, when they can't let go of it. Mm. Um, like, for example, as a singer, 
I would spend hours, you know, at the piano, learning my melody, feeling the harmonies, doing all this. But when you get to the stage, you have to go with something more of a feeling than like visualizing the sheet music. Um, so for me, the, the problem with some students is they are so intellectual and they're so mind oriented that they never let themselves let that go yes. and know that, you know, okay, that has sunk in, that's in my brain and that's good. But now I need to utilize this, this other way of learning, which is my body learning. Um, so I think that it, it gets in the way, um, almost with certain personalities, certain approaches mm-hmm. to learning that are less, um, playful and less experimental. Interesting. I love that. That's that's really in line with our vision here, which is connection, not perfection. You know, at some point we've prepared and we've gotten ready. We've learned every grammar point in the book, but at some point we just have to let go and move forward into that mm-hmm. conversation. I think that applies for pronunciation too. I love it. I love it. Okay. Awesome. So Rachel, what would be your second tip then? Okay. So my second tip is once you've learned some of these fine points of pronunciation. For example, that Americans will take the word F-O-R mm-hmm. and pronounce it for really quickly, almost no vowel in yep. conversation. Once you know these things, um, spend some time studying Americans, looking for them just to solidify it in the head. I think that TED Talks is a great way um, to do this because they have those transcripts that, that you can jump around in, interactive transcripts. Ooh. So you can be watching a lecture on anything. So you can always pick a topic that interests you. Okay. And um, as the speaker is speaking, you can read along. And when you notice, oh, wow, they just did that reduction of four. Mm. You can sort of click on that line so that you hear that clip of video several times in a row to sort of solidify it. So I think once you learn yeah. These points, then it's, it's cool to go see them in action to sort of, um, add even more context to your intellectual understanding. It's oh. sort of like a bridge between your yeah. intellectual understanding and then just like the body work that you're going to do with it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So this is really more of a step by step framework. I like it because first we have to know what to look for. And then we have to go out and look for it, right? That's yeah. kind of how I see right. it, right? Yeah. Right. I love it. Know what it. to look for, then go notice it, go look for it. And then once you've done that, then you've really set yourself up well to be able to imitate it well. Because I've had lots of students that are bad imitators because they're not, they haven't learned the intellectual part. But when they mm. realize, oh, we do reduce the word for, then when they hear a native speaker, they can do it perfectly. Whereas before... They hadn't learned it. And even though they were trying to imitate, they they weren't imitating because they were working more on what they thought they knew rather than what they were hearing. So we have to work at it from from all angles. Um, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So step three would be, okay, now it's time to train. Okay. Okay. And yes. So you've, you know, you've learned the point and now let's say it was a sound. You know that you have a very hard time with the American R. Mm-hmm. You're used to doing a totally different sound. So you know how to make it. You've then watched some, some videos where you're seeing Americans saying, words with these sounds and maybe you're playing a, the loop of a sentence with a lot of R sounds in it. Yep. Now 
You've got to train your own fine motor skills. You've gotten a little bit in your ear from doing your TED Talks work. So there are a couple different things you can do. I actually, on my podcast, I interviewed a man who had suffered a stroke and he was American Hmm. and he had to relearn speaking English. And he actually gave me some great insight into things to tell my students to do Hmm. um, when they were learning. And there was something that they had him do where... Uh, they said a word and then he would repeat it and then they would say it and he would repeat it four times in a row and he was never supposed to try to stop and correct, but just wait until he heard it again and then say it again. And something about this in the brain helped him fine tune his motor skills, you know, the fine yeah. motor skills in the mouth mm-hmm. in order to be a more accurate imitator. So I like to tell my students, you have to train too. You have to train like you're an athlete. Or a musician. I mean, how many free throws does a basketball player do? (laughs) Just that one thing isolated over and over. Or a pianist would take a really hard transition and practice it hundreds of times before a performance. So it's this way too. If you're training the R, then get uh, collect R words that you know that are hard for you. And I suggest to my students they can go to Mm forvo.com or uglish.com. Uglish, these are both free. And there are websites where you can go plug in a word and hear Americans saying them. Ooh, cool. I love that. And so you do that. You play it. You hear an American and you say it. You say it out loud. You play it and you say it. And I actually, I have an online school where I have built soundboards with like hundreds of words with the R sound. And I tell my students, you play it, you say it, you play it, you say it. And I've watched students do it in live classes with them just to sort of tweak how they're practicing. And it's amazing how... After five or six repetitions of it, they're starting to make these subtle differences and I'm not having to tell them anything. Yeah, that's the piece right there. So this is something that we're doing on our own. Our listeners can do on their own entirely. Do you think that works better than having a teacher say, no, 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 it's like this. Instead, the student is just on their own tuning their voice to what they're hearing. That's a really good question. I don't know if I would say it was better, Mm -hmm. but uh, it uh, it's at least as good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe in some ways it is better because you're not relying on feedback from mm. an outside source, which is a little intellectual, right? You're making it wholly a body ear experience. You're like my students would say at the end, I would say, okay, that got, that got perfect. That sounded native. What did you change? And they, they can't tell you because yeah. they can't intellectually describe it, but they, they, and they brought it into their body and that's where it needs to be. Mm. So this sort of repetitious, training, it just, it just blows my mind how people can transform their voices when they do this. Oh, how cool. I love it. And I think the other piece of this is that, you know, when we're doing this on our own without a teacher right next to us saying, no, 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 it's this. Instead, we're on our own. We're also teaching ourselves how to hear the sound, right? That's a, that's such a key to being able to repeat it is to hear it, to understand how close are we. Now that that time we weren't as close, that time we were closer, we can hear the sound better and hear ourselves saying it better. I love that. Definitely. Yeah. And that actually brings me to my tip four. Okay. Which is record yourself. Yes. Um, I found that students can actually be a great teacher because uh, they've done this intellectual learning. They've done this studying of native speakers, but it takes time to break your habits. However, if you listen to yourself, because you've done all that other work, you can often identify what's not right. And so I found that when students record themselves, I'll tell my students who are living in the U.S. who have ample opportunity to speak English 
you know, in conversation with native speakers, I will tell them on your phone, subtly, if you can record <laughs> a little bit of conversation that you're having with somebody. And then at the end of the day, go back and listen to it. And you can look for a couple things. Was there a word I was searching for that I couldn't find mm -hmm. that I stumble on something grammatically? But then you can also say, man, my R is still sounding like a flap instead of that American R. And then you take those very words that you used with the R in that conversation mm -hmm. and you use the, you take those to Forvo and you use those play it, say it to drill okay. them back into your body. Because this is a great way to be drilling the words that you know you're actually using on a daily basis because they came out of a conversation that you had naturally. Ooh, um, yeah. so people can, can really be a great self coach and, and from that can say, all right, I, I said it wrong once in that conversation. And then I brought it home that night and I practiced it and I said it right 30 times, mm -hmm. you know, and you do that yeah. often enough. And if you can record yourself a little bit every day and look at it like that, I mean, it's really phenomenal. Yeah. What, so cool. what you can do. Yeah. What you can do. Oh, wow. I love that. I, I see this framework as a ladder, you know, that I want to encourage our listeners, guys, try this out, you know, start at the bottom, start with intellectualizing the sound. What does it look like? What, you know, how does it sound? How is it formed in our mouths and move up to seeing it, identifying it in a TED talk, for example, and then try imitating it and then take that final step, record yourself. And then we go back down the ladder if we need to for specific sounds, then we climb our way back up. I love it. And right. I think, Rachel, the, the underlying key here that we've mentioned is practice, right? Because was it Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hour theory? I'm not right. sure who came up with that, but that is so key, right? And to become an expert in something, we need 10,000 hours of practice, right? I think we hear our students say a lot, like, why don't I sound like a native speaker yet? Well, how many hours are you practicing? Like how many minutes are you spending every day practicing? It's probably not enough, right? So, right, right. you know, yeah, I love that. And I think of my son who's over two now, he's been speaking for a little over a year from when he was first saying words. Yep. He's been hearing only native English for two years, mm -hmm. yet he still says almost nothing really. <laughs> and, and it's often hard to understand. Right. And that is after, you know, a two year years. of solid only practice of speaking English. And so, you know, if you're coming as an adult and you're trying to do this for like 10 minutes a day, yeah, yeah it's going to take you a really long time to get, to get it really solid. Yeah. And, but having said that, um, with consistent work every day, you can really change your accent. It doesn't have to be a massive commitment all the time. I, I tell my students, I've, I've had students who, when I was seeing them weekly, one week they would not be able to hear the difference between two vowel sounds. Mm -hmm. And I would give them some minimal pair listening practice and they would come back to me the next week and they would not only be able to hear the difference, but because they had to learn it themselves from identifying it orally, they yeah. are now pronouncing it natively. And yeah. I said, you did that in one week. How much time did you spend on this? And mostly it was like, oh, 20 minutes every day. Yeah. Yeah. But it's no. every day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the key. And I mean, if we're doing it with the right foundation, you know, using this kind of ladder format, guys, stepping up in the right direction, doing the right things in the right order. Yeah. Just 20 minutes a day. I mean, that could definitely make a difference. So guys, we want to make sure that you're focusing on your pronunciation in the right way and don't get discouraged. Keep going for it. I love these tips, Rachel. Thank you so much for, for offering these. Uh, and if our listeners would like to know what you're up to online, maybe they want to check out those soundboard videos that you created. Created, where can they go to check out your work? 
Yeah, well, I do have a podcast. I'm not creating new episodes right now, but there are 25 fantastic podcasts up. You can find that at rachelsenglish.com slash podcast. You can find me at youtube.com slash rachelsenglish. And then the training um, aspect where I take not just intellectual, but we turn you into a musician athlete working the language. That happens in my online school, which is rachelsenglishacademy.com. I would love to see you guys anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Guys, go on over and check out what Rachel has to offer. We don't focus too much on pronunciation over here. So I love it when we can have a pronunciation expert like you, Rachel, on the show. So thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Sure. My pleasure. Awesome. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to All Ears English. And if you need a seven or higher on your IELTS exam to achieve your life vision, then our insider method can get you there. Start with our free video series masterclass. Get video one now at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then subscribe to our show on your phone or on your computer. See you next time. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.